And we come to the final book in Benoir, uh, in the final book of the Old Testament, chapter 38, the book of Malachi, the third and final prophet amongst the group four of the prophets. All of these prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, prophesying once the Jews had returned from the Babylonian captivity. And Malachi uh, is simply called the author and no further information. It says in verse 1, 1 of Malachi, the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. The name means my messenger and has caused some to believe that it's not a proper name, but just a title for the prophecy. But most likely it is his name and it would be most unusual for this book to be preserved without giving the name of the author. Malachi was the last of the prophets sent to uh, the remnant at Jerusalem, and tradition has that he was a member of the great synagogue organized by Nehemiah. He contrasts Haggai and Zechariah because there's not a date given to his prophecy, but there is some information inside the book pointing to a date of somewhere around 430 B.C., leaving us 430 years before the birth of Christ. Malachi probably ministered at the same time as Nehemiah. They addressed similar issues. For instance, the temple was completed but being misused. There was corruption in the priesthood. There was some intermarriage with the foreign nations. And there was neglect of the offerings of God. His ministry would fit well into the time just after Nehemiah, perhaps into the time when Nehemiah was absent for a short time from Jerusalem. That's Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 6. Now, the purpose of the book of Malachi is that he is concerned about a proper view of God. That's his burden. He's speaking to the priests, the leaders, and the people who lived in Jerusalem, but probably even a larger circle than that. If the people took God seriously, then their sinful ways would be corrected. So this is a rebuke for their sinful ways and a concern for them to have a proper view of God. Now, still on page 264, we're going to look at the outline of the book. Malachi has four chapters, and number one, the first five verses, they show a declaration of God's love. Verse two says, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? It's not Esau, Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I've laid waste to the hill country and left his heritage to the jackals of the desert. If Edom says, we are shattered, but we shall rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says, they may build, but I will tear down. They will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your eyes shall see this and you shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. So there's the declaration of love for Jacob, for Israel. Disapproval of the unfaithful priest, it comes after that all the way to verse 9 of chapter 2. So priests are not acting faithfully, and here's what the Lord thinks about them. He rebukes them. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 1. O priest, this command is for you. If you'll not listen, if you'll not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I've already cursed them because you did not lay it to heart. Then verse, uh, then part three, the outline is the denunciation of the backslidden. Verses 10 through chapter four, verse three. So, 
he has uh, now rebuked the priest, and now he's going to rebuke those amongst the people who are living terribly. And it says in verse 11 of chapter 2, Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and Judah, and the Lord responds to that. Now, the middle of chapter 4, all the way to the end, it gives the final warning, a declaration of final warning. Now, important information about Malachi, still on page 264, the fear of the Lord. In chapter 1 is the exposure of irre uh, irreverence. The exposure of irreverence. The key chapter, verses 6 through 13 are the key verses. I have a son, rather, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts? O priests who have despised my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? Verse 7, by offering polluted food upon my altar. And so we see the irreverence there. The key check characters, the priests and the people of Judah and they are rebuked. Malachi, it's the prophet, the author, who has written the book. And the geography of Malachi is the nation of Judah. We've already covered the purpose of Malachi, that it's to gain, for the people to gain a proper view of God. That is Malachi's burden. They should stop sinning, and their behavior must be corrected. They should turn back to God. Special considerations, the book was written in the time after they returned from Babylon. The people of Haggai's day and the people of Malachi's day were different spiritually. They had been back in their land for about a hundred years. Haggai had ministered to people who were far more responsive to the things of the Lord. But by Malachi's time, they had grown dull. Now, I'm thinking back to, to the story. Uh, to Jonah going to Nineveh, and Nineveh repents. And then, uh, 150 years later, you have Nahum coming and prophesying against Nineveh. What's different between Nineveh and Judea, or Judah, or Israel, in this case? Israel has the covenant of God, but they've backslidden, and God's not going to forsake them, but they need to be disciplined. And so, during the hundred years, Israel had once again began to backslide. Outwardly, they seemed to be doing well, but inwardly, they were drifting away. Malachi came as the last voice from God before the centuries of silence, the 400 years of silence. His rebukes, they were specific and they were pointed. And so we have four sections to summarize. The first section of Malachi's prophecy is God's declaration of love for his nation. Malachi's message begins with the words, the oracle burden of the word of the Lord. This title immediately reveals that this is a burdensome message. And so in the ESV, I simply see the oracle of the word of the Lord. So we're talking about a different translation in this case. But the Hebrew is indicating that this is a burden. Title gives that indication God reminds Israel that he loves her and his love is seen in that he selected and preserved Israel for himself. 
Now, the second part of the prophecy focuses on unfaithful priests. The priests were supposed to bring the people close to the Lord, but instead they were guilty of serious sins themselves. They were bringing unclean or blemished offerings to the Lord. They were kindling strange fire, so they weren't making sacrifices in the way that God had commanded them to do. They were defiling the name of Yahweh before the Gentiles, and they were disregarding the law of God. Now we come to the third division of the book. He looks at the backslidden people. They were guilty of sins such as divorcing their Jewish wives to marry foreign wives. They were refusing to pay their taxes, their tithes. But the key to understanding Malachi's message is to see the underlying cause for Israel's many sins. She had lost her fear and her reverence of the Lord. The fear of the Lord involved as an awe as well as commitment to Him is revealed in obedience and loyalty. The scriptures speak of the fear of the Lord as an important deterrent from sin. As this is the same today as it is for Israel. The higher view we have of God, the more fearful we are of his judgment on sin. Christ died to assuage or to put away the wrath of God on behalf of our sin. He unleashed his wrath. It pleased him to crush the Son. Our sins are so great that God sent his only Son to die for them. And therefore, as we fear the Lord and say, What? What a mighty outpouring of wrath did God have when he crushed his sons for his son for our sin. And as we fear the Lord, then we gain obedience as we see him as he really is. Malachi uses the word fear seven times. And now the final paragraph of the entire book before Malachi concludes his message. He informs Israel that God will be sending his messenger who will prepare for the coming of the Messiah. With the promise of this coming messenger, the Old Testament closes and the voice of God is silent for some 400 years. Gabriel breaks the silence. Zacharias, the old priest that will have, would father a son, he would father a son who would fulfill the promise of Malachi Luke chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and as we come to an end, we make the connection in Luke chapter 1 of that great promise, and Luke 1 says, starting in verse 11, and there appeared to him, that's Zechariah the priest, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him, but the angel said, and that's Gabriel. Don't be afraid. Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. This is John the Baptist, who is the forerunner to the Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior. And with that, we bring the book to an end. I would invite you to look again at the outline of Benware, just for your own sake, to gather all your thoughts together and see how far we've come, and we draw it to a close. Amen.